0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: You're listening to The Leonard Lopate Show on AM 820 and 93.9 WNYC.
0: Bernard Pomerance's 1977 play The Elephant Man tells the real-life story of Joseph Merrick, a hideously deformed man who became the toast of Victorian London society. It's being revived on Broadway at the Booth Theater on West 45th Street, starring Bradley Cooper as Merrick, Alessandro Nivola as Dr. Frederick Treves, and and he is the physician who saved Merrick from a life as a sideshow freak, and Patricia Clarkson as Mrs. Kendall, the beautiful actress who developed a very close friendship with him. It's gotten rave reviews and is playing to packed houses, but it's in a limited run, which has been extended only until February 22nd. I'm delighted to welcome Patricia Clarkson and Alessandro de back to our show today. Hello. Thank Hi. You. Okay. Patricia, you've been in many films like The Station Agent, Far From Heaven, Shutter Island, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, et cetera. nominated for an Oscar for Pieces of April, won two Emmys when you were on TV Six Feet Under, but has it really been 25 years since you were last on Broadway?
1: Yes, <laughs> and here I'm. I, I'm back. Yes, it's been 25 years. And why did you choose this play to make your return? I'm sure you were
0: offered other roles.
1: Yes, I have been. Um, you know, I did. I did Streetcar uh, 10 years ago at the Kennedy Center, and had an extraordinary experience and time and uh, there. And um, I don't. Uh, I I met Bradley Cooper uh, several years ago, and he said, if and when I do The Elephant Man, I want you to play Mrs. Kendall. And I said, sure, yeah. And then it actually came true.
0: Well, we'll get to why he wanted to even do The Elephant Man a little bit. But, Alessandro, you're in two acclaimed films that just opened, Selma and A Most Violent Year. And what brought you to this play? Did uh, Bradley Cooper come to you and say, Alessandro, we want you?
2: (laughs) I think it was Patty who actually brought me to the play. You know, the director gave me, uh, Scott Ellis, in fact, gave me both my New York theater and Broadway debut, which were one and the same. Uh, It was a production of A Month in the Country that I starred in opposite Helen Mirren back about 18 years ago. And um, you don't look that old. (laughs) Thank you. so I, you know, I've I've had a long-standing relationship with him, and I, I really owe my career to him. But I think Patty and I had run into each other at a party just the week that they were talking about who to cast as Frederick Treves, and apparently uh, she piped in and said, "You know, I just ran into <laughs> Alessandro. And wouldn't he make a good um, Frederick Treves?" I said,
1: "You'd be perfect."
2: And didn't this? And I was right. <laughs> production
1: originated
0: at the Williamstown Theater Festival two years yes. ago. Yes, with does. with Scott Ellis. Yes, directing.
1: it's all the same. A, a few cast members are different, but very few.
0: Uh, has it pretty much been the same production? Mm-hmm. You, you yes. had you had two years in between. So does a does a role develop in an actor's mind over that time, or did he just simply forget about it?
1: Never, no. It stays with you for two years. It's exhausting. <laughs> Did you know you'd be doing
0: it on Broadway? We
1: knew eventually we would. Uh, the, the, the dates kept changing, and uh, but we uh, we knew it was happening at some point and so yeah i mean the never, day, i mean,
2: yeah. I, I met jimmy niederlander in a in the bathroom uh backstage you keep the on meeting, bumping theater. into these people <laughs> <laughs> i was i was having a, a pee in the in the <laughs> urinal there and i look over and there he is standing next to me doing the same and he said hey nice to meet you you were great in that play i'm bringing it to broadway <laughs> 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 uh, but uh yeah in between bradley and i uh, we're in American Hustle together, yeah. and we spent the whole time on the set talking about the show as well. So.
0: Well, it's been reported that uh, uh, after he saw the film version of The Elephant Man at the age of 12, Bradley Cooper decided to become an actor. hmm um, and he has always wanted to play merrick <laughs> he talked to you about that Patty. oh yes,
1: that's why i mean i the the night I first met Bradley was at a movie premiere and um of whatever works at the uh and um he launched into this very personal uh reveal about uh what it meant to him and it captured me it was captivating you know and why do you think
0: this play of all plays i mean it's a good play but there are a lot of good plays
1: i think it there was something about there was something yes (laughs) i think there's just something about joseph merrick that touches him so deeply yeah, I mean, I, as well, far he can't as... see himself in it. <laughs> well, yeah, but a beautiful man, he's... you know, a very handsome man always plays. As, you know, that is the convention. And Billy Crudup. Uh, Billy Crudup, uh, Philip Anglum, David, David Bowie. Bowie. Um, and so I think he knew he would be right in that way <laughs> for this part. Is what it you... just
0: a coincidence that it's in the same theater, the booth, that the original production ran in in
1: 1979?
2: Well, we... Um... When we were ta- still up at Williamstown and the the talk began about moving it to New York, um, the main thing that we were concerned about was losing the intimacy of the production, which was in a very small theater up at Williamstown. In fact, it wasn't even on the main stage It was
1: there. in the 220-seat yeah. theater there, yeah.
2: And um, so we were always kind of talking about, you know, how would it transfer and how would the performances have to change and everything. And I remember saying... To Bradley, you know, there's this one theater there that really isn't too much bigger than what we're playing now. And he said, really? You know, and I, I mentioned the booth, and he went down that weekend and saw it, and he came back with his eyes like saucers and said, that's where we're going. So. Yeah. A lot of actors
0: like being in the booth because it's small but at the same time a real Broadway house.
1: It's very much. And it, it's just architecturally a beautiful theater. The acoustics are stunning. And it is, it, every night, it, it is being, it is a very personal play. This is why we wanted to do it. We, we've taken the play out of, we've taken the largeness out of the play and reduced it to a very, I think, to character and emotion, which, as you've seen. With a and, rather bare know. set bare set, no prop. Someone said, my friends, you don't even have a prop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have about a, cur- a lot of curtains.
1: Um, curtains and a couple of seats yeah. and a desk and know. A, a table. That's no, pretty much it. I know. We have a cha- I have a chair <laughs> and a big dress. <laughs> yeah. And you
0: do have extraordinary dress so that you oh, wear. All the women you have great costumes. Beautiful.
1: You get Clint Ramos, beautiful. So clothes. is
0: that where all of the budget went <laughs> so, <laughs> to the women's dresses? Definitely not
2: into our page. Yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think a chunk of it, yes. <laughs> My guests
0: are Patricia Clarkson and Alessandro Nivola, uh, two of the stars of the revival of The Elephant Man, now at the Booth Theater on West 55th Street. Did um, the playwright Bernard Pomerance get involved in this production?
2: Well, um, he did not come and see the show up at Williamstown, but his daughter came, who he's very close with and she uh her reaction to it was that she felt like it was a return to something like the original production which was i, I think that London. he he was very proud of and um so she was really excited about it and excited about the prospect of it moving and um and then he did come to our opening night uh here on Broadway and, and took a bow with us. It was
1: beautiful he came on stage uh and he's quite um uh, A private man, and he is not known to venture out
0: are people surprised to learn that he's an American player born in brooklyn
2: <laughs> you know, i don't I think very few people know that I really do
0: because it is a very British play yeah. uh, and you of yeah. course, everyone acts with a yes. British accent so um because you could not have done this as an American play, one no, of the things he did no.
2: change. He changed the name of Merrick from Joseph to John. Do we well, know no. Um, it? In fact, Treves oh. changed, changed his yeah. name from Joseph to Merrick to John, and this, you know, has been a subject of speculation mm-hmm. for a hundred years. And we have our own theory about it, which is that, um, you know, Merrick, in real life, his speech was so impeded by the physical deformities in his mouth that he. Had a very hard time talking and being understood, and that Treves may have found it that that it was easier for him to pronounce the name John than Joseph.
0: Do we have any idea what his condition was? Because I, I don't, I, I haven't heard of too many other cases of people who look like Merrick.
1: But there have been several. But it is a. It isn't elephantiasis. No, it, it is. It's a. It's a form. It's a bone. It is disorder. a
2: diagnosed disorder, and and. But his skin was almost like cauliflower. Yeah,
0: and his head was larger than. Uh, it's a bone. Large. It's actually
1: a
2: bone. It's disorder. a bone
1: disorder.
2: And um, the deformity begins with the bones, and and as I say when we're talking about his penis in the <laughs> thing, which is there, we you know we have a few cheap jokes about his penis, um, you know that there is a. Um, relation between the bone disorder and the skin growths. And so where there are bone problems, there are skin problems, and where there aren't, there aren't.
0: Your character, Dr. Frederick Treves, was a real-life London physician who rescued Merrick from a freak show. Did you read Treves' memoirs while you were preparing for this role?
2: Yes. um, I read... Well, the the, the whole play is based on his reminiscences um, about his experience with Merrick. And I think that uh, Bernard um read he got some intimation from reading that that piece it's like a short little novella i don't know it's 20 30 pages or something um that there may that there may have been a tone of guilt or something in the way that treves described trying to civilize Merrick and make him re- into a
0: pygmalion type story. It, it's a it it's is a pygmalion, pygmalion, pygmalion story in in, yes.
2: in bernard's hands definitely i mean that's the most perfect uh Corollary that you could draw, and he, of course, you know, in the play, the the, the doctor really ends the play with a nervous breakdown, whereas, that, you know, Treves went on to a knighthood and to being the to king's, king's physician. <laughs> oh, but um, there there is a sort of tone of of sort of wistful. I mean, he wrote these memoirs late in his life, actually, thinking back on on this time that was when he was quite young in his early thirties and there is a you know you do get a feeling that maybe that, you know he certainly felt the tragedy of of a man sort of having an a, an illusion about himself as a kind of dandy as a as a young attractive man walking down Piccadilly Circus and flirting with the women and tipping his hat and that there was something so sort of upsetting about that um and bernard i think just made that the sort of central conflict
0: do we know how he came across Merrick? Uh, did he just happen upon him at a freak show, or he was, was he actively looking for a case like that to study?
2: He was at the London Hospital, which was, um, uh, you know, Whitechapel Road, where the London Hospital is in the East End of London. Was at that time, and, and you know, still is, but at that time it was a it was uh, a really you know full of down and outs and um, all kinds of. Well, the East um, End was always a poor area. Yeah. And uh, across the street from the hospital, there was like a little sort of storefront where this guy Tom Norman was showing uh, Merrick. Did uh, he give him profit. the name the Elephant Man? Uh, no, that w- Tom Norman called him the Elephant yeah. Man Tom as did. part of the yeah. as part of the show. Yeah. And one of the other physicians at the London hospital, he had a
1: very at one time uh, Merrick had long a long nose, a, a long uh, protruding nose, which was cut off. In order for him to be able to, to eat and, and breathe to, through to his mouth
2: because yes. it was like starting to cover over his mouth. But the, another physician went across the street and had seen it first and told Treves about it and then so Treves went purposely to see him um, in this uh, on display there.
0: And then uh, he decided to have him live in the hospital.
2: Well that was a big move because there, there, no one was living at the London Hospital. Um, there were no sort of full time residents there, patients who are residents there. So they had to raise money in order for that to be uh, possible. And and they the, the head of the hospital wrote a letter to the Times I think and and all lots of rich. But benefactors it's also
1: Mrs. Kendall money. who actually that's where she comes in.
0: And we're going to take a little break yeah. and we're going to find out about Mrs. Kendall Ooh. after we take that break. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the audience hanging (laughs) on. (laughs) My (laughs) guests are Patricia Clarkson, who plays Mrs. Kendall, Mm. Alessandro Nivola, who plays Dr. Treves, Um, Bradley Cooper plays Joseph Merrick in this revival of Bernard Pomerantz's play, The Elephant Man, which uh, is kind of different from the movie version. If you've seen the movie version, you still may want to see the play. It's quite different. And it's currently at the Booth Theater on West 45th Street, Running until February 22nd. We will be back with more after this. We're back with Alessandro Nivola and Patricia Clarkson talking about a revival of The Elephant Man currently at the Booth Theater on West 45th Street. And, Patricia, when we went into the break, we were talking about Mrs. Kendall. I wasn't sure whether she was a real person. She is?
1: Well, she it, it the character, Bernard merged, I think, two important women in, in Merrick's life, and um, it, it, Mrs. Kendall is an amalgam of those two people. It, it, she is based loosely on a very famous actress of the time named Madge Kendall. Um, and... But she was more of a philanthropist. She never met Merrick. Merrick saw her perform, but she never met him. Um, but she raised a lot of funds, and she was responsible for him meeting the you know uh, the the literati and glitterati and and the celebrity. Some of his celebrity fame is uh, you know due to her um, ability to make him. Um, shimmer in that time. And he – so – but then there was a, a, a beautiful widow that befriended him and was the first person to touch him, first woman to shake his hand. And so I think he just um, – uh, he beautifully took the, those two women and, and
0: married them. And he gives us the sense that uh, Mrs. Kendall almost loved – fell in love with Joseph Mary.
1: Yes, I think uh, – is you know it's interesting how people interpret the play and some people see it as a love story um and uh and you know often people have said oh it's beauty and the beast and i say well i actually think Merrick is beauty and the beast i think he's <laughs> you know this exquisite man uh inside and out and uh but it is it 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 is definitely a love story yes for for me in terms of my journey through this play.
0: Yeah, she's not just doing him a favor by being nice to him. But no. uh, as the play is written, and I assume this is based to some degree on uh, the the real story, Merrick starts off mostly doing grunts, in fact, uh, even more grunts than Timothy Spall as Mr. Turner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And then he starts speaking... And uh, it turns out he is a rather intelligent person. In fact, he has a wonderful conversation with Mrs. Kendall about, about Romeo and
1: Juliet. It's, uh, brilliant, uh, and and uh, it, yes, but that's what they realized is that he was ve- quite educated, uh, Merrick, and what this is what Treves realized is he had actually read the Bible uh, backward and forward, could quote it, um, had actually had some form of education
2: yeah he had i think through, through grade school at grade least, school
1: yeah. and but he had actually just shut down of course and he actually put himself in the carnival which is what bradley was talking about we well, had to make a
0: living or yes something.
2: His, he, he, was in a, he was in a workhouse and then um one of the only ways for him to make a living was to join the carnival himself, and yeah. so he teamed up with tom norman
0: Early in the play, we see Treves lecturing on Merrick's anatomy with photos of the real man next to Bradley Cooper, who, of course, is a near-perfect physical specimen. Uh, uh, are, really? Are those <laughs> actually <laughs> well, – you get closer to him than I do, but um, oh. he looked pretty good. <laughs> he, oh, he looks amazing. Are you kidding me? He's ripped because, to just, because he just, of oh American's yeah. uh, sniper. He, had to, he really worked out for that? Well, mm-hmm. no, he, he was no, he
2: was he was enormously, uh, I mean, heavier than he was. So he he spent the whole rehearsal period being made special little meals <laughs> that, that helped him to lose. Yeah, to lose
0: weight to become to play a man who was well, very large.
1: Just to yeah. get more in. No,
2: in fact, um, Merrick was very small. Yes, he was. Uh, he was only about five foot. Three, three or something. Yeah. Are those actual photographs yes. yeah. of Merrick? Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, as you describe Merrick's deformities, Bradley contorts his face and body accordingly until he comes to somewhat resemble the photos as best one can under those circumstances. Is it in the script that this role... Has to be performed without makeup or prosthetics. Yes,
2: yes. And they, he even says in the script that nobody with with back problems should yes. attempt that's, that's the part. The,
1: there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the play, and it says you must be in good physical health and, and no back problems and you because of the way you're going to ailments. stand. You must not have certain
2: ailments. Well, he had like severe scoliosis, I guess, which is one of the main physical attributes to the performance, you know.
0: It, I guess uh, also it's Pomerantz's idea to have the audience imagine. Yes. This is almost like radio in a way. Yes, yes. We, and we do. We suddenly project that photograph onto Bradley Cooper as the play progresses.
1: It, it's a, a beautiful and magical thing. It is.
0: It's, uh, would you want to play that role? Because this really has to um, challenge an actor's physical skills. Do you, have a you know, back? it's
2: interesting. He doesn't seem to complain about that much Never. at all, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the challenges to the role are really not the physical ones, I think. Yeah. Uh,
0: so uh, what, what does uh, – so Treves has brought Mrs. Kendall there to visit him, and he did bring a lot of people from society to bring him. <coughs> they were he, neighbors,
1: we, uh, Treves and, and Mrs. Kendall. Uh, The real match, Kendall. They were neighbors.
0: Was he doing this because he wanted people to contribute to his upkeep or was there something else going on?
2: Well, there are a couple of different things going on. I mean, as far as Mrs. Kendall is concerned, initially he brings her there because he has this notion that because she's an actress, that she might be one of the few women who who would be able to trained hide to the hide way her that true she feelings yeah. I say that, that an actress others. is trained to yeah, hide her true feelings and assume <laughs> others. And, well, uh, because
0: he also has people being totally disgusted. Right. I mean, site. you see
2: earlier on in the play, uh, even a nurse, a very hardened nurse, uh, comes to see him, and she's she can't contain Humphrey. her disgust. She runs and, away. And so he brings her there for that reason, and then discovers that she's this kind of wild, irreverent, incredibly attractive woman, and, uh, and that's why I guess Bradley uh, asked you to play the part. Uh, perfectly embodied. <laughs> Tight casting. What can I say? Patty Clarkson. <laughs> but um, you know what Lace evolves is a is a kind of a love triangle in the story where Treves who. Um, You know, has lived a kind of quintessentially bourgeois lifestyle, um, suddenly feels uh, this fascination and curiosity and longing uh, for this uh, alternative um, way of living that both she and, and Merrick kind of share being show people. And that he just, it's a society that lives, you know, they live outside the boundaries of, of uh, bourgeois society. But that's and, something
1: and we've done that's a little different in the play, is we really have built that triangle between mm-hmm. Treves, Merrick, and Kendall. You mean and into
0: the, the way you play the roles? The way
1: we play the role, the, the undercurrent, the romantic undercurrent that exists all between all of us throughout the play. From the beginning,
2: I mean the idea that Treves could be jealous of Merrick you know isn 't something that you would immediately imagine, but it's crucial to the playing of the of the role and to the for the play to work
0: and then Merrick died when he was just twenty seven years old yeah. Yeah. of natural causes because of his deformities
2: well he i mean he it's, did it's die not. that way he he choked by uh, when he was lying on his back, and it 's not clear whether. He did it as a suicidal act, or if it was an accident.
0: Now the, we we made the point that the film is not like the play. It wasn't based on the play,
1: was it? No, not at all. They're they're just completely. And separate. there
0: they they did make him up to look more like the Elephant Man. Yes,
1: they, I mean that was prosthetics, and you know it's it's, it's cinematic. It's the difference, and it's. Uh, no, I, this I, is a, I, I mean, it's a theatrical. It's a very. It's a device. Very, it's the, a device it's a, and the way it's done in the. Play. But yet, it's that was not theatrical
2: in the way. It's yeah, John Hurt played him in the film, yeah. and Anthony Hopkins and um, uh, Mrs. Robinson and uh, um, uh, Anne Bancroft. Bancroft.
1: Bancroft thank stunning you. Anne Bancroft. Yeah.
0: My guests are Patricia Clarkson and Alessandro Nivola, two of the stars along with Bradley Cooper in a revival of Bernard Pomerantz's play. The Elephant Man, currently at the Booth Theater on West 45th Street. Uh, this is WNYC, WMIC, WNYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Alessandro, when you worked with Bradley in American Hustle, was that you'd already done the Williamstown version. Did you talk about your roles on the play as you were working on that one?
2: Yeah. I mean, we just <laughs> obsessed about it the whole time that we were filming. Um, I mean, it was looming on the horizon. We were actually going to be filming it... Uh, Last fall, a year uh, we were going. Sorry, we were going to be doing the play, on, moving the play to Broadway a year ago last fall, which was only going to be a few months after the the film. So we were really gearing up for it at that moment. At and that then, last for and then what was rehearsal
0: push- process like? Because you'd already played all these roles.
1: Well, but it had been two years, and I mean the body. It, it, you
0: Remember most of your lines.
1: We remembered no, not. not well, you have copious amounts. He has so many lines, but but no, we it. it was more the emotional life yeah. and the emotional strain that we had to, we had to get back just it was you know the fluidity that that this these parts require well and, i felt
2: nervous that you going into that rehearsal i never I'd never revived, uh, you know, reprised a, a production or a role. But I'd imagine because acting is so much about uh,
0: responding to another person that when, when you were given a line, somehow in the back no, of your and, head... And it,
1: but it does start... You know, I, I had a great acting teacher who said, the body never lies. And, and it does come back to you, I think, at first physically. The, the, the character comes through you first physically. And but we
2: rehearsed the, the play as if we'd never done it before the second yeah. time around. We sat around the table for a week and asked all the questions... Right and rethought a few moments. And to,
1: we tried to kind of come fresh and see if there were just
2: new... And I do think, I mean, it feels ve- to me it feels very different. It's very
1: different the from Williamstown,
2: Williamstown, which is production, good. Even though all of the kind of stage looks the same and
0: everything. Now, the, as I said, the run, is uh, it ends at on February 22nd. It's been playing to full houses, setting box office records for the theater. It recouped its investment. Is there any chance of another extension?
1: No. Um, uh, are you all about a, No, uh, there's another show going uh, into the booth. They all they could give us was a week. They need a hand to God is coming in after us, yeah, and uh,
2: they couldn't push
0: any. But room. we
1: might be going to London.
0: But you're also doing other things, Alessandro. Aren't you shooting the second season of the HBO series *Doll and M*?
2: uh yeah we were uh, we've been filming that written while by your wife written by my wife. <laughs> I produce it we're both in it and uh <laughs> um it's uh it was kind of madness this this past few months because we were we were shooting it while doing the play, and I was filming in the morning. And then coming and doing the play at night. You
1: mean the actress is sleeping with the producer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how she got the job. <laughs> Emily Mort, uh,
0: Mortimer. And Patricia, aren't you in the middle of filming a new Maze Runner movie? Uh, yes. You're doing it in the morning soon? I, I, I,
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to go off to Albuquerque. Oh, Albuquerque. And and uh, shoot a couple of days on that.
0: And yes. you're in a couple of other films I as have a, well.
1: I have a beautiful film uh, by Rubinada uh, coming out. Uh, I, I have a film. Film that stars me and Scott Speedman and and, and uh, Tim Roth and it opens um, March sixth. So, mm. It's a Beautiful film. So, Meanwhile, What's it October you have Gale. until
0: fe- February twenty second to see the Elephant Man at the Booth Theater on West forty fifth Street. My great thanks to both of you for being on our show today.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you.